Nine Podcasts. I'm Elise. And I'm Tom. As Oscar Wilde once said, Ultimately, the bond of all companionship, whether in marriage or in friendship, is conversation. Welcome to our husband-wife podcast, The Elliot Exchange. What could possibly go wrong? Find out with us by tapping the follow or subscribe button on The Elliot Exchange wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, Tom. Hello, Elise. Now, I've got a good note of love from the Mm. past week. And you did something incredibly selfless. There was epic surf over the weekend. I'm talking massive waves coupled with warm weather, which often doesn't happen. Yeah, they often don't go together. So you don't get that beautiful offshore, high, fabulous waves and high tide, which was a perfect time to surf, happened to be when the sun was rising. Six in the morning. That's right. So you selflessly took our daughter to rowing and I went for a surf. And it was epic. And it was epic. It was really, really, and very soul-stirring because I paddled out as the sun came up um, and you gave up that surf. I know I'll be paying for that the rest of my life, but for that brief dawn moment, it was worthwhile. And as I understand, there was a, uh, a six-foot peak. Hell, a six-foot peak. <laughs> well, Lisa, I, I have a note of love too. Mm. And weirdly this week, for the first time in this podcast, it, it, it's, uh, it is around the animal kingdom. Mm. So two animals... Uh, one is we have uh, we have these vines outside our window and there's a disused bird nest in them. Well, there's several actually. And a little possum. And for our overseas listeners, a possum is a small marsupial and they're nocturnal mm-hmm. and they sleep during the day and go out and, and make noises in people's roofs at night. Anyway, this little ring-tailed possum has decided to sleep in the bird's nest. And I tap cute. on the glass each day and I get, I get concerned when he's not there. Right. So that's nice. And then there's another animal. He's Roscoe the rescue dog. Yeah. And I don't know what sort of dog he is. He's like he looks like a really big Staffordshire Terrier. But no, he's harmless. It's not like one of those ones that carry the whiskey around their necks. No, 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 no. no. It's not a Saint Bernard. No, no, no. He's got he's got, he's like some sort of fighting breed, but he's very he's harmless. Mm. And he loves our garage. Yeah, and if he walks past with his handler, and the garage is open. He just wants to be let in. I don't know what it is. Whether he sees I, something I in there. I actually think his handler is in love with you. Oh. And she sort of leads Roscoe in because she times that walk mm. every morning as you're walking there out. There she is. Lift up the garage. Oh, there's Roscoe. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the ringtail possum and Roscoe the rescue dog, you're this week's note of love. That's a note. That's a note. The note of. The notion of someone else being in love with you ties in neatly with our email this week. And as, a, as an aside, we love your emails. Send any questions or issues you have to the Elliot Exchange at nine.com.au. Without that first, just Elliot Exchange. Richard told me that last week, right? Now, uh, someone wrote to us and said, Leanne. Leanne, and she said, Hi, Elise and Tom. She wanted to follow on from our discussion last week where you were getting some attention from the mums at the school pickup. I actually made that up. It, it doesn't. Much to my uh, disappointment, it doesn't actually happen. And the point that I took it as a compliment, and I really do, Leanne, and I think jealousy is a very ugly trait. It's the green-eyed monster. Totally. And I I read this, jealousy is the dragon which slays love Mm. under the pretense of keeping it alive. And that's a good little meme. There was a girl girl I knew at university who had sort of greeny hazel eyes, Mm. and this friend of mine used to make like – 
dragon monster noise in 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 her presence. And this was before Game of Thrones. Yeah, she hated it before dragons were in. Mm. But anyway, Leanne goes on to say more. Now this gets a bit a bit saucy. There's a colleague at her work which has been giving her some attention. So she says in this email, it started friendly, but now I think he might actually be interested in me. I have no interest in him. I'm married. Do I talk to my husband about it? Oh, but I don't want to make something out of nothing. Do I talk to my colleague about it, but I want to make things orcs at work? What should she do, Tom? Well, I mean, there's absolutely no point in telling her husband because you know, he'll storm into the workplace and say, you! And then, you know, challenge him to a duel down in the car park or something that like that. Would you that if someone had a crushy-washy on me? Oh, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd slap him across the face with a glove <laughs> and then I'd present him with a, a, a box of match pistols. Right. And you stand back to back and you walk 20 paces then you turn around and, and fire at each other. I'm not sure it's allowed these days. Um, no, don't tell your husband. And unless the colleague, like, let's say the office Christmas party, which is only <laughs> 10 months away and a bit. Yeah. Let's just say, you know, the colleague suggests, oh, why don't we go into the photocopy room and I'll show you my bottom on the photocopier or something like that. You did. Th- you said that so well. Oh, I'm wondering if you've done that before. Well, no, no, I have Because it's a great pickup line. Can like, I, it would really get me across the line, well, the copy room. Well, at a previous workplace, we the photocopier was broken. Not, not at least I don't think because someone sat on it. Mm. But I spoke to the photocopier repairman and he said, oh, December, busiest month. Everybody wants to photocopy their bum. And we're just getting cracked. The other glass <laughs> just gets cracked. It's not designed for someone who weighs 100 kilos to sit on it. Right, no wonder they've stopped having Christmas yeah. parties. Anyway, yet. so so I think unless the work colleague actually starts getting sort of physical about things, I mean, why, why not just, just, just enjoy it while it lasts? Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Tom. I, I think Leanne should enjoy le frisson, <laughs> which is sort of shivers of delight in French yeah. in the workplace. As long as it's harmless. That's right. I mean, there, there used to be, uh, not that I went there, but a friend of mine used to go to a strip club in Melbourne. He'd take oh, clients this is there. A friend of yours yeah. went to a strip club. And, uh, how, how was it, Tom? What was uh, it called? Uh, hello, Alistair, again, if you're listening as you were last week. <laughs> and um, it was a place called Santa Fe on Russell Street, yeah, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore. And the, the announcer there would say, All right, fellas, we've got some beautiful new girls in the such and such room downstairs. Uh, have a great time. And just remember, fellas, you can look as much as you want, but you can't touch. And that would be the rule for mm-hmm. Leanne. Mm-hmm. Like a sideways glance is perhaps okay. Yeah. But no no hands on. Okay. And we don't tell hubby. And don't tell. Well, no, because why? Oh, I'm just making a note to self. <laughs> Great. Got it. Now, Elise, um, on the subject of uh, unusual relationships, mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner's widow, uh, a lady with the unlikely birth name of Crystal Hefner, claimed that he only wanted her to be seen and not to speak. It's a bit like the children. They should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. The model who was married to the Playboy founder from 2012 until he died five years later said he wanted me to be helpless, to be small, to have bleached blonde hair and stay skinny and have big fake boobs. Mm. I mean, Hugh Hefter wouldn't be the only man going around who might think like that. But mm. she also said that Hugh would tap her head whenever her natural brunette roots would show through. Mm-mm. And he once hit her thigh and suggested she tone up after she gained some weight. So I've had the pleasure, and I'm using that word, of spending a day with mm. Hugh Hefner at the Playboy Mansion. You've been using that word in its broadest possible sense. Yes. Right. 
And he was the most charming man, I have to tell you. And he was incredibly humble. He, um, first edition of Playboy was released on the 1st of December in 1953. He didn't even put a number on it because he didn't think it would succeed beyond that. And he said, I wanted to create an aspirational magazine for men. He happened to jag some old photos of Marilyn Monroe and the rest mm. of the sea's history. And of course, yeah, you, cause you read the articles. Correct. Right? Yeah. You playboy for the articles, right? Now, he'd been married twice before Crystal mm. came along. He was known to just love women and have a particular type of woman around him. And look, whilst I am a very strong feminist, these women had a choice here. Now, oh, I, of course. You know, I, I, when I interviewed him, he was dating three women at mm. once. Um, but they all knew about each other. Correct. So but it they, was Holly, they, lived, they lived together. Holly, Bridget and Kendra. Mm. Combined IQ of, well, we better not go there. But anyway, uh, but they knew what they were getting into. I mean, it's not like he suddenly transformed during the night and became this lecherous old man. And I once said to him, during the interview, I said to him, what about monogamy? And he said, look, I really tried it. He really loved one of his wives. And he said, it just didn't work for him. So I think with these women to now cry victim afterwards when they've dated someone like Hugh Hefner, please. Now, as a, as a man, if I had an opportunity to invite him to a dinner party, he would be terrific company. Erudite, charming, cool, not remotely sleazy to me, which probably is quite an insult. Really yeah, I think, think I think actually because you you were uh, one or two exceptions, probably his his uh, his type. Mm. Now, I wonder <laughs> if Hugh Hefner was a secret Mormon. Oh, with the, the multiple, multiple wives. The multiple wives. Did you ever watch that show, Big Love? Oh, yeah. And apparently there are still old school Mormons who who, who swear by having multiple wives. <laughs> and, you, and you buy a house in a court and you buy all the houses around you and then yeah. they each stay in a different one. And yeah. you just drive your car or just walk from one, you know, one day here, one day here, one day here. Right. Whereas Hugh got one really big house. Yes, and they he'd rotate through them. And and, it was and pretty wild. I've got to tell you the house. There was one room that was just a bouncy room. Mm. Every surface you could bounce on. And he does wear, did wear the magenta robe. Oh, it's fantastic. And I went into that grotto, you know, in the pool. It's pretty feral in there. So, see, for a lot of men, Hugh Hefton was living the dream. Yeah. Now, and obviously, I, if you know, you're happily married like I am and you've got the perfect woman, I'm like, why would you want to live like Hugh Hefner? Right. But for some men who, you know, it, when they're sitting by themselves late at night and they think, is this all that life has to offer? Right. And that they might contemplate Hugh Hefner's state of mm. existence, mm. I think, you know, if only I could have done that. I asked him why and he said, because I can. Because he could. He said, because I can. And I think, well, good on mm. you. But look, look back to this. Yes, look, if you are a woman and you're trapped in a terrible relationship and you're being exploited and there's no escape and you were there against your will, you know, I have sympathy for you. You are a true victim. But to, to, to cry... Hugh Hefner wanted me to be a blonde. I mean, heaven forbid, really. Yeah, I, th I think it's what they call third wave feminism, where women can do whatever they want, as long as they choose to do it, that's okay. Tom, I stumbled across quite an intriguing TikTok. Have a listen. I'm a girl, Dad. Of course I know about oat milk. I'm a girl, Dad. Of course I have to stop doing my email to do some TikTok. Girl dad, of course there's no towels in the bathroom. I'm a girl dad, of course I know about fake tan Thursdays. I'm a girl dad, of course I haven't got any money. 
So I'm a girl dad. Mm. And it's this sort of daggy dad saying all the things he's acquired and, and how you know he's a girl dad. So, of course, he knows what oat milk is. Of course, he knows about fake tan Thursdays. And I was just wondering, have you, being a girl dad, acquired any unusual skills you didn't have before being a girl dad or any knowledge that mm. you didn't have beforehand? I, I remember seeing years ago on – well, it wasn't TikTok because it didn't exist then, so it was probably on YouTube anyway. But it was a dad who had like a magic vacuum cleaner and he sort of had very long straight hair and he'd sort of suck it into the vacuum and then pull it off and her hair would be beautifully braided. And I thought that was a real thing that you could do. And then I found out that actually they braided it first and yeah, put it yeah. in and, and filmed it in reverse. <laughs> so anyway, that slightly disappointed me. Mm -hmm. um, the obsession with makeup. Like I got attacked the other day by a daughter because I said, look, if you wear too much makeup, it's not very good for your skin. How dare you tell me what to do? What would you know about? Oh, all right. Mm -mm. So the fake tan thing. Yeah, that's a new thing that's crept in. That's a new thing, which I – look, I suppose it's better than an actual tan, which Correct. is bad for you. Correct. But as the, the – you know, we have a friend who's got three daughters and, look, it, it can be a bit of a minefield for a middle-aged mm -hmm. man. So I find the best thing to do is not, not judge, not even give suggestions, just nod and smile and pay for things. <laughs> Another thing about being a girl dad, shopping. It's a whole new world. Like men normally shop, I need black socks. They go in, they get them, they come out like a hunter. Girls tend to shop more like gatherers. Bit of this, bit of that. And you, you've had to learn to shop. Uh, I, I, I took our daughter to... You know, it was either Chadston or Doncaster oh, late, late last yeah, yeah. year. And I can't actually remember which one it was. Because once you get in there, they're basically the same. It's like a casino at 3am. Mm. So, oh, you know, we found somewhere to park after about half an hour. And then we walked in and I, I've got no sense of direction. So I sort of got lost internally and I was looking, you know, trying to work out their interactive map. Mm, and mm. anyway, we ended up, our daughter said she wanted a tracksuit. I thought we'd go to, yeah, Rebel Sport or something mm, like mm, that. Mm. No. We went to a shop whose name escapes me now, but she bought a brown velour tracksuit oh, called Juicy Couture oh, and it's got gold writing across terrible. the chest oh, and the bottom. Terrible. I am taking no responsibility yeah. for that. And, and and essentially it's like – like A gangster mould. Well, it's like the, the, the women in The Sopranos yeah. is now what Correct. teenage girls aspire to Correct. be. Well, apparently the that, that looks in. Right. The gangster wife. But imagine look. imagine if I aspired to look like Tony Soprano who just wore black and sort of, you know, olive-coloured polo tops but with long sleeves. I mean, I mean nothing. Cool with a bit of a chain over oh, polo neck. Well, that's true, actually. Uh, you now know what Mecca is. Cosmetic shop. See? Well, no, it's not a mecca. No, you know what it is? What? You know what it is? What? It's a place where money goes to die. Yeah. <laughs> you just go there <laughs> you know, right? and you walk out with stuff that you don't need. Oh, I know. And you're $200 poorer. Correct. So, I am a girl dad. Now, at least it is summer. And that means a lot of people, at least summer in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, for our uh, Northern Hemisphere listeners, our seasons are opposite to yours. By the way, a lot of like people in the Northern Hemisphere don't grasp that. They, you tell them they just can't believe it. So you have Christmas and it's hot. <laughs> yes. How can that be? Well, it just is. Now, uh, anyway, a lot of people in Australia are spending time in the water. And uh, disturbing news recently, Australia has topped a global list for shark attack fatalities. Uh, we had 40% of 
deaths worldwide from sharks occurred in Australia last year. I might add it's a very, it's a very small total number. Um, so, yeah, we're a dangerous place to go in the water. Right. The, now, the, the, the stats within the stats, though, are mm. alarming. So of the 10 fatal attacks globally in 2023, they're doubled in the last uh, five years. Mm. Four of them were in Australia, right? And surfers, in case you know any... Surfers are slightly more prevalent in the data than people well, of course away. they are. I mean, you know, because you, because when you're surfing, you spend a lot of time sitting out mm. in the water. Well, I was sitting on my board and I saw a fin go past recently. Yeah. And then I went, <gasps> and then it went past again. It was a dolphin. A dolphin. And then I went, oh. But and then I thought of getting that dolphin tap. What is chasing a dolphin? Get, what? A shark. A shark. But I, I thought about it. I had a bit of a philosophical slash existential moment out there. And I thought, you know, perhaps if I meant to die via that way, so be it. Right? <laughs> no, but I mean it. Like, but you know, really? well, what I'm saying is you can't live your life in fear. No, I know. Otherwise, you'd never hop on a plane. You would never get behind the wheel of a car. May I add, you have more chance of dying in a plane crash yeah, but or on, on the road. But on that logic, you might just, you know, jog across the freeway regularly in amongst the traffic, just saying, well, if I'm meant to die, I'm meant to die, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, well, look, the thing I, is, I've, I've surfed for a long time. I think I saw a shark once. Like, it's mm. not like it's common. So years ago, I worked for a year in Canada, and I had a, a co-worker, as we now call them, uh, Louisa, and she loved the idea of Australia, but she said, I'll never go there. I'm terrified. As far as she, she was concerned, put one foot in the ocean, a shark or a saltwater crocodile, mm. Mm. will come and eat you. Uh, open up the toilet door. You know, a snake will appear. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the the, the, the the toilet seat. Yeah. Um, look anywhere and there'll be a poison spider. Yeah, yeah. And in her mind, they were like as large as your hand, mm. you know. She just had this idea that Australia was populated by just deadly animals at every turn. But and she admired Australians. Like she'd seen Crocodile Dundee and thought – that's what we're all like. I kind of like winding up people from overseas about that that higher threat of danger. On that note, there was a giant huntsman on our blind the other day and I just went downstairs to get a glass to do my mm. spider saving Removal. trick. Yep. And it had gone. I know. And where's it gone? Yeah. It's, it hasn't, it's still there It hasn't somewhere. disappeared into the ether. But back to sharks. Look, I, I just don't believe you can live a life in fear. I mean, I feel terribly sorry for people, desperately sorry for people who have been involved in, in shark attacks, but I'm not going to curb something that brings me so much joy on the, the minute chance. There, there was, and don't play this at my eulogy should no. I die via shark attack. The, but there was a story from Queensland recently. A girl's gone out in the backyard saying, where's my guinea pig, where's my guinea pig? And she lifts up like a, I don't know, a, a rock. Mm. And there's like a two-metre python. With a guinea pig With a guinea pig, it? no, 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 in its mouth. And this, this girl is only like four years old, yeah. grabs the python by the tail and swings it around, 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 around until it lets go of the guinea pig. Yeah, now, that says something about the bravery of young Australians. What have we learnt this week? Well, I've learnt that you secretly aspired to being one of the Playboy bunnies in Hugh Hefner's mansion. Oh, please. Do you know what? He did offer a job, me a job. Because yes. I feel I had the inverse proportions. I had too much up here and not enough here. So he, he admired me as a as someone who could work for him. Yeah, just someone who he could have intelligent conversations with you know, of an evening. But isn't that sexy in its own way? What have you learned, Liz? <laughs> that you love all creatures great and small, from sharks to possums. 
don't forget to tap the follow or subscribe button on the Elliot Exchange. It is important. Do it. We'd love that. Wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get them on Apple, you can get them on Spotify, you just put in the Elliot Exchange, up it pops. And also don't forget, please, to rate it, review Indeed. it and share it. Just on that, I, I learned during the week that DD, you can only rate five stars, as in you have to give someone a five-star rating. Yeah. So well, not that that's a rule with the Elliot Exchange podcast, but if you could give us five stars, that'd be fantastic. If you'd like to follow everything Elise is up to, uh, go to Instagram, Elise Elliot underscore media, or of course, email us anytime, any issue, Elliot Exchange, that's two L's, two T's at nine.com.au. Okay. And we don't tell hubby. No, because why? Great. Got it.